morning again. And scripture readings this morning. The first reading is Psalm, is Psalm 125, and that's found on page 613 in the, in the church's Bibles, if you want to pull it out and read with or read along. Psalm 125. For those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forever. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous, for then the righteous might use their hands to do evil. Do good, O Lord, to those who do good, to those who are upright in heart. But those who turn to crooked ways, the Lord will banish with, with the evildoers. Peace be on peace be upon Israel. The second reading is Romans chapter 8 verses 28 through 39 and that's on page 1119 of the uh, church Bibles. Verses 28 through 39. And we know and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charges against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he who, that condemns Christ Jesus who died? More than that, who was raised to life? is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the gospel reading is, is out of the uh, book of Matthew, and that's... Uh, 13, 44 through 52, and pre, please uh, rise in respect to the gospel. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold everything he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he had found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. 
When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up to shore. Then they sat down, collected all the good fish, take, good fish in baskets, and threw the bat away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels, the angels will come and separate us, separate the wicked from the righteous, and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things, Jesus asked? Yes, they replied. He then said, said to them, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Please be seated. I think it might be helpful today uh, in particular uh, for the message uh, if you would open up to Romans chapter 8 again, the New Testament lesson for this morning. and Just kind of have that in front of you as we work our way through uh, verses 28 through 39. It's on page 1119. Again, so Romans chapter 8, verses 28 to 39, page 1119. You know, Paul there uh, goes through a process about those whom he chose, he also called, those he called, he also justified those he justified, he also glorified. One of the ways that I can simply put that to you is this, you have God's grace and you have his mercy and you have his peace in Jesus Christ. We are gonna look at the New Testament lesson this morning, uh, especially verse 39 of Romans chapter eight, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our strength, our rock, our redeemer. Amen. This is an absolute truth for you no matter what. No matter what. Be it good, bad, or indifferent as they say, no matter what. God, your heavenly Father, is your guardian and he will always love you unconditionally, no matter what. Paul's way of saying it is this, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God is your guardian. I, and I know we we mostly think of angels as being our guardian, don't we? I don't know we necessarily think of God in terms of being our guardian, but he is our guardian. He is our protector. He is our keeper. He is our defender. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25 specifically says this of Jesus. He is the guardian of your souls. And because God is good at what he does, Paul says this, nothing, because God is good at being your guardian, nothing will ever be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now let's, let's back up to where 
Paul starts laying the foundation for this amazing statement. In my opinion, he begins this section of Scripture with an equally amazing statement. And we know that in all things, this is verse 28, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Paul says, we know, as in absolute certain. Well, how can we be so certain that in all things, that's a big word, isn't it? All things, there's no exceptions there. In all things, God will make it work for your good. Well, here's what makes that absolutely certain. Real simple. God gave us Jesus. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also freely, along with him, give us all things? How can I know for certain that God loves us? Because he gave his one and only son for us, even when we didn't deserve it. Here's another verse from Romans saying that very truth. But God shows his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now ask yourself this. To what end did Jesus Christ die for you? To what end did he die for me? Ultimately, he died for you, and ultimately, he died for me. Ultimately, he gave up his life for you and me so that one day we could have everlasting life in heaven. That was what his goal was. John 3.16 says it so well, doesn't it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and son. Why? So that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So, when Paul says that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, what is being promised here is that God will use everything in our lives to the end of bringing us to heaven. That's what guardians do. Guardians make sure that you get to your destination safely. And your being in heaven with him for all of eternity is what his will and what his purpose are for you. That's the ultimate good that he wants to have realized in your life and mine, whether that's to use pain and suffering and loss, or whether that's to use blessings. As our guardian, it is his promise that he will make all those things work for our good. In other words, he will make them all work 
toward the end of bringing us finally to be with him in heaven. Now, before going on with more of what Paul wrote, here's another verse recognizing the truth that God is our guardian. This is Psalm 17, verse 17. Keep me, guard me as the apple of your eye. You know what the apple of your eye is? It's your pupil. It's right the dead center part of it. We're saying here, God, keep me dead center in your sight. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Sounds a lot like what a guardian would do, doesn't it? For I am convinced nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And, and that includes probably... It does include, forget the probably, it includes that one thing which the biggest thing is that could separate us from the love of God. It's us. It's our sin. Listen to what Paul says about that. After writing about the process that God uses to guard us and, and, and keep us and, and finally bring us to heaven, the, you know, the, the choosing, the calling, the justifying, the glorifying, then Paul asks this question. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? And then Paul addresses the one person we know, each of us, as being capable of messing all of this up for us. It's ourselves and our sin. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Even though Paul doesn't provide an answer, I'll give you the answer. My guilty conscience will bring the charge against me. Your guilty conscience will bring the charge against you, won't it? it will, our guilty conscience will be none too sad about bringing that charge against us, nor will the devil shy away from bringing that charge against us. Always ready, isn't it, the conscience to point the finger of responsibility at us. Now, at this point, let me put in front of you something else that a guardian does. A guardian is someone who can be appointed to look after another person and become legally responsible for that person because that person at that point is unable to manage their own affairs. Case in point, and just a, a word out to those of you who are parents of young children, make sure you do this. When our kids were young, Marty and, and Joy and Katie, we in our will had appointed, designated guardians for our kids should something happen to us to take care of our kids. They were legally responsible for the welfare and protection of our kids. They were guardians. So when it comes to you and me, being sinners and the sins that we've committed, Jesus 
became our guardian. He became legally responsible for us and our debts. He was held accountable for our sins. Isaiah says it so powerfully. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. And because of that work of Jesus Christ as our guardian, as our substitute, Paul can boldly write to us about forgiveness, meaning that not even our sins can separate us from the love of God in Christ. Again, listen to these words, because these are God's words. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us, just as any good guardian would do. For I am convinced that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here's another verse to support this, that the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, the triune God, is our guardian, and that nothing can take us away from him. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Under no circumstance, under no condition, no matter how difficult your life or my life may become, God will be our guardian, and his love for us will be unconditional. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? With what Paul writes next, he tells us, to expect all those things that you just heard me read. He tells us to expect all those things to happen to us in our life. I mean, after all, we live in a fallen world, don't we? And not only do we live in a fallen world, we live in a fallen world as fallen people, don't we? And so Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble. And that's what Paul is referencing when he goes on to write here in Romans chapter 8, as it is written, For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. That, that mention of sheep 
brings to mind another verse that casts God in the role of guardian. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. And then Jesus goes on in John's gospel to explain exactly what that means and what it looks like. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Sounds like something a guardian would do, doesn't it? The hired man is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away because he is a hired man and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Again, sounds a lot like what a guardian would do, wouldn't you say? Speaking of portions of scripture that cast God in the role of guardian, listen to this one. Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel, God's people, will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. And because God is our guardian, here's where it puts us. Upon asking the question the first time as to who shall separate us from the love of Christ, Paul goes on to make a list and an answer. And as my brother John shared with me last night as we were having supper together, he used to be a pastor, now he's a doctor. Still would make a pretty good pastor. He pointed out to me, and I want you to count them here. He pointed out to me that in the words I'm about to read, the list I'm about to read from Paul's Romans chapter 8, verses 37, 38, and 39, if you count them, there are 10 things in that list that Paul says of nothing can separate us. 10 things. What do you know about the Bible and the word 10? It's a number for completeness, isn't it? And so Paul, under the guidance and power and direction of the Spirit, makes this list of ten things to assure us that there is nothing, because it's a complete list. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus who shall separate us from the love of Christ? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, now count them, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present, the future, nor any powers, nor any height, nor depth, I'm at nine, nor anything else in all creation. There's 10. Will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. 
is, my friends, exactly how I said it was and is at the beginning of this message, no matter what. No matter what. Go ahead, fill in the thing that has you scared the most. Cancer, unexpected illness, financial difficulty, personal struggles, addiction. Fill it in. Nothing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord God, will always be your guardian. And he will always love you unconditionally, no matter what.